Thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Amen. Amen. My fellow Missourians, to the unborn again and to the born again, especially those who profess Jesus as Lord, who are all made in the image of the only true triune God, who has spoken to man finally through Jesus Christ, who has been given the name above all names, who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He is over all thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities, and also the church. Now and forever. Amen. Let's say it. Amen. Amen. Praise Reuben for his half measure. Praise Judah. As one commentator has put it, ultimately, he ultimately saved and therefore is free of the selling of his brother. I hope you are repulsed by that statement. But this is the sad state of the majority of those who profess Jesus as Lord, the secularly minded pro-life movement, especially those who are called to the civil magistrate as God's ordained sword bearers when it comes to at least the issue of abortion. Do you know the story? In Genesis 37, do you know that story? Do you believe with Paul that what was written in the past was written for instruction? As all scripture is God-breathed instruction for us to be equipped for every good work? Do you know that story? In the face of premeditated murder of a brother, the well-intentioned Reuben did stand up and challenge his brother's plan to take Joseph's life. But in what way? Did he say, there's no way to justify this action? Did he say, if you want to kill him, you've got to take me too? Did he say, God would be roused to anger, and justly so, for Joseph has not sinned against us? No. No, he didn't say that. He compromised. He compromised with his brothers by offering a plan to throw him into a pit, not to kill him. Yea, Reuben, with the secret intention of coming later to get him from the pit. Again, yea, Reuben here. They did throw him into a pit, and Reuben made his exit, buying time for some merchants to show up and for Judah to devise a plan not to kill, but to sell Joseph into slavery. Yea, Judah? This is not a situation that praise the brothers for keeping Joseph alive, nor is it the time in our day right now for celebrating unjust and iniquitous laws that fall short of equal justice. Amen. At least I can say one thing for Reuben that I can't say the pro-life movement. He tore his clothes. Preach. He tore his clothes when he saw that his plan was what it was. An atrocity. Though he still not do, did not do right in the face of his wrong by still conspiring with his brothers to lie, to cover up, up their sin after being brought to the point of asking what he, not they should do, self-preservation. I don't see the professed pro-life movement ripping their clothes, but like the commentator I read, they switch to an imminent, morally relativistic, and pragmatic worldview. A worldview that's antithetical to the worldview of those scriptures. To right. praise man in being the Savior as if it's okay to sin as God's grace abounds. Amen. 
This is against the context as Joseph calls what his brothers did as evil, despite the salvation God brought in the midst of it. Both are equally correct. God saved and man sinned, this being explicitly the Noahic covenant world, which is continuous in the new, of this story that man is wicked from his youth, and we are called to judge with equity before God, with God's law because of it. Amen. This is where I must say, in the same spirit of the fellow abolitionists who spoke in a similar environment, laws that murder babies are made here. But let me add some more dimensions to this, that laws that murder babies are made here. Listen, everybody. Laws that arbitrarily codify the federal Supreme Court's iniquitous opinion in Roe versus Wade are made here. Lawmakers that say they repudiate that opinion as iniquitous in word arbitrarily codify said opinion into law here. Lawmakers that may say they repudiate that opinion as iniquitous in word and also say they want abortion abolished minimally in our state have killed abolition bills here. Lawmakers that may say they repudiate that opinion as iniquitous, or let me move on for my next point here. Lawmakers that will admit Roe versus Wade is not law of the land. They will admit it, but they will not fight the iniquitous opinion by ignoring it, but compromise with it here. Which is to say, lawmakers that say they fear God over man, fear man over God here. Yes. Amen. Which is also to say, we have people who would say that Jesus, telling the absolute truth that he has all authority in heaven and on earth, but whose actions demonstrate that he shall have no sway here. Lastly, just to put the point on it, we have baptized believers who teach with their actions what is contrary to the Great Commission as if there is a God-granted divide between what should be morally taught and practiced by the ecclesiastical and civil spheres here. Yes. Now I say this, I say this and may be taken by some, as I'm putting on airs, like I'm so morally superior I must think that, like I don't have a log in my eye, and I have to tell everybody out there that might think that, I can't, I can't say that at all. I along with my fellow abolitionists are here to say, repent with us, please. Amen. We were once apathetic. We didn't fight unjust decrees. We didn't take the time to learn and understand what God has given us. We compromised and we reacted wrongly. We're here to admit that. If you're an abolitionist, do you admit it? Say amen. Amen. Again, repent with us, please. As the Ecclesia, the assembly of those individuals who have been called from our works of darkness into Christ's marvelous light, the church, we must admit to sheer reactivism. Roe came to the floor and we reacted in a compromising way instead of standing firmly on the word of God alone. The way of the heroic stories that we preach from our pulpits. We tell our congregations to be like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
And we preach about the uncompromisingness of the Holy Spirit empowered Peter of Acts compared to the one who ran and denied Jesus in Luke, just to name a few. Yes, Peter did end up having a problem again, which he repented of. But again, he repented. The church is filled with those who have had and have been granted the positions as sword wielders, contra evildoers in the civil sphere. And they did not and still have not taken a stand against Rome. A judicial decision that only gets codified into law by the pens of the same legislators who say they abhor it. Again, as a reminder, many years ago it was said by Francis Schaeffer, every abortion clinic should have a sign in front of it saying, open by the permission of the church. When will we, brothers and sisters in Christ, at least in the state of Missouri, when will we stand with one unified voice and admit this? When will we repent? But most importantly, we must ask, when will God grant us repentance? Peter says judgment starts in the household of God. And I thank God every day for if it's called today, it's a day of salvation. And the time we have prior to Christ appearing is God's patience that we must account as salvation. But though we may have a lot of time, it does not give us the right to take time in our repentance. We must repent and believe God immediately, without exception or compromise, for we do not know the length of our individual days of Great Commission going. We abolitionists do understand that Jesus has been, is, right now ruling and reigning and will crush all his enemies under his feet. So we do not operate out of fear today. We do know that we will get what we ask. We are here, then, to call all to repent and believe the full law gospel word of God, a gospel that demands that we walk worthy of the calling to which we have been called with the gifts and positions that are granted through us by the Father through Christ who dwells within his people. So will we, people, will we, senators, will we, representatives, will we, governor, will we repent? Will we baptize and disciple, teaching to observe Christ's commands in word and deed? And all of God's children ask, may God grant us repentance. Amen.